You're listening to Seattle Real Estate Podcast. Hey everybody, I'm Sean Reynolds from Summer Properties Northwest, Reynolds Decline Appraisal, and your host of this episode of the Seattle Real Estate Podcast. So here in Seattle, we kind of feel like we're, j- we're getting hammered by the whole protesting, looting thing, just about on a weekend basis. Maybe we've maybe there's a random looting, smashing of stores like midweek. So a couple of times a week, we've got this, this scenario going on. The only other city that's probably been hit harder on a consistent basis and didn't have something like CHOP, uh, which Seattle had this summer, is Portland. And I've done a little bit of coverage in Portland. I went down there for a day and a night. And um, yeah, it was a mess. And I haven't been back because it was pretty scary. There was a lot of craziness going on, a lot of crazy people. And they have kept up their attack on the federal buildings down there to the point where there's a lot of businesses that are no longer operating in the downtown Portland area. So when we say that, when I say that, you know, there's businesses leaving downtown Seattle. I'm not exaggerating. There are entire streets that are just like, oh my gosh, this is a boarded up Armageddon. What happened here? So when I'm talking about businesses leaving the downtown core area, I'm not talking because they can't afford rent or their business plans aren't working out. I'm typically talking about a combination of those factors as well as they no longer feel safe and they no longer feel like there is an environment for their business that can operate because their local politicians are not providing the basically the safety factor of number one, their employees, number two, the physical structures of their stores, and number three, their customers. They don't have enough customers walking around. And that's on top of just so many businesses no longer having their employees working downtown. Will that change? Yeah, it will. I had a comment. I don't read a lot of the comments on on like the YouTube uh, channel, but some of them I do. And somebody said, yeah, Seattle will turn around. I, I think I'd made a comment in a prior podcast. Seattle will turn around like um, Detroit has. Big difference there is Detroit went sideways because its employee employer base went out out of business, right? U.S. manufacturing of cars, well, that kind of all got outsourced, right? You had a ton of companies shut down. That's not happening here in Seattle. You've still got an extremely vibrant employer base. And that's why so many people come to do business here and have their employees live live here is because of the labor pool. Massive difference between Seattle and uh, Detroit. So what what we're going to do today in this podcast, we're going to take a look at Portland. What does, when we say businesses are leaving Portland, what does that really look like? I mean, Sean, really, how many businesses are leaving? And, and, you know, maybe they should have left anyway. Maybe they just weren't good businesses. Maybe they didn't have a good business plan. You know, maybe they didn't have insurance for the damage they took. And that is a podcast. Somebody uh, said in the comments, hey, do most small businesses have insurance to safeguard against something like a break-in from a looting? And I don't know the actual answer to that because I'd need to look at my insurance policy, my commercial liability insurance policy, to see if it covers looting or break-ins like that. Um, I would assume it does, but I'm not exactly sure. So I'd have to review that. But for a lot of commercial leases, before you move in, you have to provide proof of insurance that you have an insurance policy that not only covers the interior of the unit, but covers a bunch of liability factors in case somebody slips and falls on your porch or whatever. Basic insurance for a commercial uh, space. So a lot of landlords will require that. Some on the smaller business side won't. 
And that's where you get into areas where if people had looters come through or smash their windows or steal their uh, inventory, those businesses might be out of luck. And it's and one of the big things was, hey, if businesses have insurance, it's not really looting. That's something that the Black Lives Movement, uh, Black Lives Matter movement has said. They come right out. Some of their leaders have said, well, it's not really looting if they have insurance, is it? But it is. You're still stealing. And who ends up paying on that is both the business owners and the insurance companies. Insurance companies have paid out somewhere around, I think, $2 billion, Over $2 billion is the latest quote. And not only that, the insurance companies have to pay out when there's looting that goes on and the break-ins go on. But the business owners have to shut down their business, have no income, got to figure out what to do with their employees in the meantime. They've got to go through the heartache of putting their store back together after having it vandalized. And they also have to make a judgment call. Is this the right location for us to reopen in? Is, is this where we should be? I mean, you get broken into once, twice, three times. On that fourth attempt, are you like, yeah, I don't know if this is really where we should be. That's what businesses in Seattle are facing right now. And um, Portland, they're way ahead of the game there. They've had so much violence happen in downtown Portland. And one of the things I noticed, and I was talking to my youngest son who was down there with me, was how many storefronts I saw boarded up, and it did not look like there was business going on. You know how sometimes you can't quite tell when there's been a break in, or maybe a car's gone through a window at 7-Eleven, and you put up the you put up the boards to just basically have a temporary closure on a broken window until you can get a commercial glass company to come out and fix it. Um, but in the meantime, it just kind of looks like boarded up and uh, is that open? Not sure. Should I go in there? I don't really know. Those are some of the things that we're going to talk about. So let's jump on into it. Enough babbling from me. Downtown Portland businesses, how many open, closed, or empty. And the empty would just be, hey, there's nobody in that spot, vacant. And the tagline was over 20 businesses have permanently closed. To me, that wouldn't have been the tagline that I would have put. It would have been the other one that we'll come up with here in a second. And this is uh, an article out of, where is this from? Oh, Coin, uh, Channel 6 down in Portland. Amid the pandemic, protests, and a homeless crisis, downtown Portland's reputation has been the center of some controversy over the last few months. Some, it's been a national controversy. Just about everybody who's anybody has covered this story. A new survey is shedding light on how many businesses have closed as 2020 comes to an end. The downtown Portland Clean and Safe recently... Downtown Portland Clean and Safe, that's an organization, recently conducted a survey of businesses within the 213 blocks that make up the area. They said they surveyed 718 retail and restaurants throughout the month of September. That's a lot. Their survey found that there were over 430 businesses still open. Okay, so over half, well over half, some by appointment only or with adjusted hours, 170 businesses were temporarily closed. That's the tag I would have put. The 170 businesses were temporarily closed. That's a lot. That 170 out of 718 that they surveyed, they're out of bit. They're they're temporarily closed. And how many of those are gonna be permanently closed? 
probably a good percentage. Yeah, we're temporarily closed. We're kind of waiting to see how things go. And with the way things have gone in Portland, man, I don't think I'd be opening up right there. Um, unless your business is absolutely dependent upon the downtown Portland location. And I don't know why that would be because I was there and it was pretty grungy. I know a lot of store owners that I've kind of read information on and watched videos on. They're like, hey, we wouldn't be anywhere other other than downtown Portland um, because that location has been in the past so vibrant. But with these protests, I mean, even 7-Eleven just recently shut down. The 7-Eleven I went to, and it was a hardcore 7-Eleven. I mean, it was a block away from where all these protests happen. Around the corner from the 7-Eleven was your, your basic um, protesters free stuff. Bunch of tables set up on the sidewalk, a bunch of canopies. I mean, it was basically protest um, headquarters, protest sidewalk office. And this 7-Eleven shut down. I think they just had enough. Somebody got kicked in the head there, a lot of violence. I mean, it was just kind of rough. And so even 7-Eleven, 7-Eleven shutting down. That sucks. Um, 170 businesses were temporarily closed or only doing online shopping. Got a storefront paying for rent in downtown Seattle or downtown Portland. We're doing some online shopping. Kind of tells you something, doesn't it? They are not physically there. Over 20 businesses have permanently closed, and there were over 80 retail locations that were not occupied. All right, so you got 20 that are permanently closed, plus 170 temporarily closed. That's 190. And you got 80 that are vacant. That's 270 that are totally questionable, if not 100% questionable, out of 718. That is a big, big percentage. That's a massive percentage for a, for a city the size of Portland and a downtown core area. That is decimation. 10%? Yeah, all right. That's bad, but this is well way over that. And that's the, that's the territory you're in, is... Businesses are decimated there. And people saying, oh, yeah, it's businesses are leaving because the landlords are charging too much rent. That is complete nonsense. That is just somebody making comments. And I've seen that in my comments that um, the reason they're leaving isn't because of the political leadership. It's because the landlords are charging too much. Really? Really, that is your thought process. That, that to me is absolutely... Um, Shocking that somebody would, would think that. It's not because of that. It's because their stores are being broken into and their stuff is being taken and they don't feel like they have a safe environment to operate a business in. It's not a place you want to run a business. If you've ever run a business, you would never say it's because the landlords are charging too much rent. Maybe they are, but then you've got an option to go move somewhere else, right? But that's not what we're talking about. We're not talking about too high a rent. We're talking about safety. We're talking about violent rioters looting stores, an ongoing issue that people are just like, oh, yeah, that's just what's going on in Portland. Oh, yeah, that's just what's happening in Seattle. It's happening all the time. All right. So on Friday, um, Coin6 News spoke to one local business that was celebrating its reopening after it was damaged by the big protest and riot downtown in late May. This the Mercantile Portland is open again for the first time in four months. Took them four months to put this thing back together and to get to the point where they're like, all right, we know these protests are still going on. We know the riots are still happening. We've still got police activity. We've got people being arrested. Had somebody get murdered a couple of weeks back. 
Got that still going on. It was rough emotionally, and we were down here every day working on it because their store got rocked so hard, said controller Eric Murphitt. We are just glad to be open again. Murphitt said looters smashed through the storefront, sending glass and paintballs inside, and stole thousands of dollars in merchandise. He said it took months of work to restore the shop, but that the grand reopening has been worth it. Really great response from the customers, said Murphitt. It gets us. It makes it worth it that we worked on this so hard for four months to get it looking like this. Here's the issue. Should have never happened. And are those looters, are they in jail? You know what? Send them to prison. Send them to jail or prison for like 10 years. Don't have them come out. Guess what? That sends the message to all of these people out there doing this on the regular here in Seattle and Portland and in other major big cities. You put people away. Guess what? The word gets out. Mm, That's not such a good thing to do. Yeah, we're going to go out looting this weekend. Uh, Probably not. I'm you know what? I'm just going to stay home and play Xbox. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to smoke some weed and play Xbox because I don't work and I live in my mom's basement. And you know what? That whole looting and rioting thing. You know, I saw that guy in the news. He got 10 years. This this isn't for me. My political causes, they, they draw a limit at me going to jail for a long time until my mid-30s. That's, that's where I'm at. All right. We'll see you later. We'll see you in the next one. Catch you on the next looting spree. All right. So in August, Greg Goodman, the co-president of the Downtown Development Group, wrote a letter to Mayor Ted Wheeler and the members of the Portland City Council about the number of businesses that are moving out of or locating outside the Central District of Portland. The number is like nothing I've ever seen in 42 years of doing business in downtown, he wrote. You can find a full list of the businesses here. So we've just got this massive narrative of businesses leaving and they're probably not coming back anytime soon. It's going to take a whole nother generation of businesses, of business owners who haven't experienced this kind of stuff. And it'll take a few years for the memory to fade of all this going on. I know uh, here in Seattle, I think it was 1999, we had the WTO um, protests, and that was a big thing. And there was all kinds of rioting. And I can't remember if there was looting, but I know there was a lot of storefronts that were smashed into. And graffiti. Let's talk about graffiti for a sec. A lot of people are like, oh, if you graffiti the side of a uh, building and the building is glass, is that really graffiti? Because that's pretty easy to get off. Well, try cleaning a bunch of spray paint that's dried off of anything. You got to use goof off. You got to use a razor blade. I mean, it's a mess. It's it's a nightmare. And this is something that should be avoided. It's avoidable because somebody's making a conscious effort to go to the store, get a can of paint, maybe multiple cans of paints because they consider them a graffiti or artist, and they go and tag up these buildings. What is the point? What kind of point are you making? That you are a delinquent? that you can break the law, that you are breaking the law and showing your cause. That's what you're doing. The graffiti to me is just wildly out of control. And it reflects a mindset that I am not down with. I'm a no go. I'm a business owner. And you work hard just to stay in business, let alone 
have to deal with stuff like graffiti on your business. I mean, not cool. I don't, I don't know why people think that's just such a great thing. Oh, let's go tag this building. Oh, there's a really nice looking building. Let's go tag it because my art is so good that I should have my art all over the exterior of buildings throughout this town. That's essentially what they're saying. And then small business owners got to take it off. They got to spend a bunch of money, bunch of time. And in the meantime, it just kind of looks like, oh, you got tagged. What's going on there? Are you, is this not a safe area? Is this that's that's like gang graffiti going on there? What's going on? That's what all small, small businesses think about. They think, oh, geez, I don't want to get tagged again. Or oh, I don't know. We might board up our windows again because we hear there's another big riot coming through. And riot is a, um, you know, they, they call it peaceful protesting. But how often do they degenerate into these um, just these sprees where they go through bashing windows and taking stuff? Sometimes they don't even take stuff. Sometimes they will, like in Seattle here, I think they threw a bunch of uh, fireworks into stores. I mean, talk about just not doing anything constructive with your time. These are people who aren't working, that are running around graffitiing up the exterior of buildings and the cities and everything else. And then they are smashing windows and they are looting. What is the message? What is the point? I don't know. It, it, it baffles me. But lock these folks up. Lock them up for 10 years. See what happens. If you locked up a whole bunch of these folks, guess what would happen? There wouldn't be any of them out there to run around and do this nonsense. But if you lock these people up right now, guess what? They get out in a couple of hours and, oh, yeah, you know, that whole graffiti thing you did, we know it's against the law, but we're kind of okay with it here in Seattle. We're kind of okay with it here in Portland. Here you go. Here's your hall pass. Sorry about that. Sorry for that inconvenience. Well, we'll hope to see you back soon. You'd love to see you again. Keep up the good work. No. Who does that? Well, city of Portland and city of Seattle, clearly. That's what's going on. So lock them up. That is my advice. So we've got businesses leaving. We've got businesses leaving Seattle. We've got businesses leaving Portland. And we've got businesses leaving other big downtown urban cores because it's no longer safe. And they're not, there's, there's enough things with the whole coronavirus, the shutdowns. you got mandated state shutdowns. All this other stuff, the, any one of these things can put a business under. Any one of these things can put a business in a point where they're like, oh, I don't know if I should risk any more of my own personal capital. Keep this thing going because the, the, the future of this does not look good. It does not look solid. So should we keep this going? I don't know. And that's what a ton of business, that's what in this article here that I just read, that's where a lot of those 170 businesses are that were temporarily closed. Those are people that are like, uh, maybe their lease is still, maybe their lease is paid up for a while or their landlord gave them enough time to, okay, we're going to reconvene September, we're going to reconvene in October. And there are a lot of discussions happening right now between business owners and landlords, because guess what? Even though it kind of feels like a lot of the pandemic is over with, I know it does here in Bellevue. I don't know. i got a cord underneath my feet that's really annoying. Um, even though it feels like things have progressed to a point where things are better, things are better, but they're still not the way they were before the Rona hit, are they? We're not even close. 
talk to Uber drivers, they consistently say, yeah, things are not not good. Talk to owners of 7-Eleven, one of my favorite stores, because, I mean, you walk, it's you can park like 10 feet from the front door, get your drink, whatever, and you're back out in your car in like a minute. That is uh, rich enough not to waste time, Wall Street, right? Gordon Gecko. So one of those things that I always ask is the, the 7-Eleven owners is, hey, how is business? And consistently, they're all like, it is better, but it is not as good as it was before. But the economy was roaring before, and we are not there yet. And so a lot of these business owners that are in the 170 businesses that are temporarily closed, they're looking around going, man, do I, do I redo this again? Do I tee up and do we go for round two? Like this one business that was closed for four months. Some of that, yeah, they're cleaning up, but it doesn't take that long to put a store back together. Maybe they had to work out with insurance, getting the, their inventory back because it sounds like they got really hard hit. And this is vandalism that doesn't really prove a point. It has no point other than it really impacts the lives of business owners and their employees. Don't forget the employees are in here too. You got a whole bunch of people working. And so when you are justifying either graffitiing up a, a storefront or a building, oh yeah, insurance will cover it, or you're breaking the window and you're running in and looting, somebody pays. We all pay when insurance kicks in because guess what? Insurance companies, they raise those rates. And with $2 billion in claims, that's, that's not where we want to be. So local politicians, you need to throw some of these people in jail. You need to allow the police officers to throw them in jail for a long time. Send the message, we don't want to tolerate this because this kind of stuff that is endangering these businesses has no place in the business environment. That's all I got. All right. So that's it for me on this episode of the Seattle Real Estate Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. I don't get to kind of talk freely as much as I would like about, hey, just thanks for being here. So I'm Sean Reynolds, owner of Summit Properties Northwest, Reynolds & Klein Appraisal. Thanks for tuning in today. I hope to see you in the next one. Until then, bye for now. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel and hit the notification bell so you'll know when our next video is out.